Jake, we are here to talk NFL Week 11. Uh, totals did well for us last week. You went 2-1 and one on show because Jared went 1-1, one and one, so we've done well in the totals. If you are with us on Dub Club and you blind bet every single total in the NFL, either when we tell you to bet it or you just waited until Sunday morning and bet basically the closing line number, you'd be at 54%. And, and that's pretty impressive. I mean, the, the models did a great job with totals this year. My first thought was like, that's a crazy thing to do. Nobody would do that. But then I'm like, at mass, there's only 16 games in a weekend. And with one on Thursday and one on Sunday night and one on Monday night, like you could actually do that. And that wouldn't be the craziest thing. I'm not doing it. But like, if you wanted to, you could do that. So the models did really well. Again, 54% on the season, just blindly betting every single total. If you can pick out ones you like and don't like, you could probably do better than that. So Dub Club is the place to be uh, to get all that information and all the A-grade plays. Only went three and three last week. 0% ROI. We actually lost three thousandths of a unit. So that's, I think, the definition of rounding. I think when you look up rounding here in the dictionary, it's it's what happened in week today grades. But the A-grades, the worst week we've had is losing, I believe, three-tenths of a unit every other week. But this one and that one have been positive 26% ROI on the season. And look, you can get to the dub club. I made a QR code. I'm doing the technology thing. I'm a terrible marketer. We've long joked about how, how terrible I meant the marketing and business aspect of this. I just do the math and I watch the sports, but there's a QR code. If you snap that QR code or if you use the promo code YouTube, you will get $5 off your first month. That link's also in the show description, Jake. Uh, I'm trying to make it easy for the people to, to find us. Cause again, I'm just terrible at running a business. I just do math. Hey, that, that's a skill. There's a, there's a reason there's only so many people out there being entrepreneurs and doing it and doing it well. Um, I don't have that skill. Yeah. But you know what, when you're talking about totals, you know, what's great about totals, you're either cheering for both teams or cheering mm -hmm. against both teams. Mm -hmm. And that makes it so much easier because it's, rather than cheering for, oh, I need this to happen, but with it like, like that, like when your fantasy football gets in the way, but you know, the totals are fun because, and the model has been killing it with, with the totals. Fantasy does really cloud sports betting. I, I feel like it's hard to do both, hard to really care about both. You can, you kind of have to care about one a little bit more than the other, but the uh, benefits again, over on dub club, you'll get all sorts of goodies, college basketball, college football, NFL. Again, you can sign up with that QR code costs under a dollar a day. And again, you can get $5 off your first month with that promo code, Jake uh, looking to continue. What's been a very successful NFL season. Um, we might have, I might say some controversial things in this episode. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how feisty I'm feeling. Um, but we've going to start off here Thursday night. We're going to cover all the, the prime time and the, the one-off games like we try to do, not every week. But starting off Thursday, Cincinnati and Baltimore. L look, I, I don't, I don't want to bury the lead here. All models are wrong. And some models are useful. My model is wrong. I also think it's useful. It's been working for us. Um, is the model too high on Baltimore? I'm not really sure. Actually, Baltimore is one of the better teams. Every time we think we found the best team in the NFL, they promptly lay an egg. And in some cases, like the Buffalo Bills, they lay three eggs. You know, the, the Dolphins were the best team and then they got thumped by Buffalo. And Buffalo is the best team and they've been looking terrible for half the season now. 
Baltimore's the best team, and what in the world happened to them last week in the fourth quarter? I don't know. So uh, are they the second best team? I don't know. Um, there's a lot of good teams. They all seem to have off weeks. That's just the way it goes. It's the parody of the NFL. These teams are really close together. The Bengals, on the other hand, are probably better than the 17th best team. Um, Joe Burrow is playing much better now than he was at the start of the season because of the calf. And he's the real, like the one exception, I think, to the benefits of this player-based model because most players don't play as hurt as he did. He's one of the exceptions to that because a star quarterback can be 70%, 80% and still might be better than the backup. But that's not true at almost every other position. For almost every other player, you either can go or you can't. Jefferson for the Vikings. When he comes back, he's going to be out there running. He's not going to be out there half speed because he just won't play at half speed because he's not useful at half speed. But when he's back out there, he will be really good. Even if he's 80%, he will still be dominant and it won't really matter. Burrow was just a weird case and you'll see this every so often. So I think the models had a hard time with with Burrow and, and this is such a quarterback driven league. That matters a lot. So, so the Bengals are probably better than the 17th best team. The reason we like the A grades, we always talk about it is we know the model's wrong, but we've got a big margin of error because we know there's an error on every game. And the error on Cincinnati, we know it's there. We don't know how much, but we've got such a room for error on this pick. That's what makes it so strong. Minus 190 for the Ravens is an A grade pick. Model says 86%. It's probably not that high. But even if it's 83% or 80% or 75% or even 70%, even at 70%, minus 190 makes for a strong investment for our Thursday night. Jake, I know some people will look at a bigger favorite and lay points. I always tell people, look, you can lay points if you want. It's your business. Personally, I hate laying points. If I can take a reasonably priced money line. Now, you and I might have different definitions as to what reasonable is. I think minus 190 is pretty reasonable. You might not. That's personal preference. Personally, though, the anxiety of getting to the late part and needing them to score when they don't care about scoring can be really frustrating. Also, as we've long talked about, I understand math. I understand probability. I literally have a PhD in the field. And sometimes I think we just get better edges with money lines because I understand the probability aspect here and people don't. Probability is really hard to grasp. So I think we have a bigger edge on the money line than laying the points. You want to lay the points? That's fine. Personal preference. I'm going minus 190 as an A grade pick here. Jake, how are you playing this game? Personally, I'm playing the money line. One, Baltimore really showed us why, like, yeah, they might be the best team in the NFL right now, but they also might be very mediocre at times. And, yeah. and that's just part of it. I mean, it's I think it was a one-off game, but yeah. Lamar Jackson's not been great. Yeah, yeah half quarter. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Lamar Jackson is good, very, very good, but he's not having one of his best years. I think if you add up the, like the fumbles he's lost and his interceptions, he's got as many turnovers as he does touchdowns. Um, the Baltimore Ravens offense is just weird because it's good, but it's not. So I, I don't know. So I don't trust them to win by enough, and I definitely don't trust Cincinnati to just lay, lay an egg or anything like that because that offense, even without T. Higgins, will still be good because Jamar Chase is good, Tyler Boyd is good, Joe Mixon's got talent, and Burrow is incredible. But Which I, I we, assume, defense... we assume Higgins will be out given his injury and the shortcoming of Thursday. He's listed as doubtful, and it doesn't seem yeah. it doesn't seem likely that he'll play. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm operating as if he's not because 
I don't. There's no way he's going to, going to be playing at full speed and a half speed wide receiver is not great. Uh, but I, I think the defensive end that got hurt towards the end of that game is is a bigger is a big loss for that defense. The and that's why factored into the grading of their defense being number twenty five is losing him. That's the benefit of a player base model. Yeah, and I, I think that's a big loss, especially going into a short week against a guy like Lamar Jackson who can just take off and run. Trying to prepare your second and third string guys for that is going to be tough. Uh, I think Baltimore is a smart play at, at minus 190. It seems a little high, but you know, it's, I, I like it. I don't want to lay the points because I don't trust either team to do what they need to do for, for us to win by a spread. I, I also like the money line here because – I could be wrong. I don't know if there's any data on this. So someone can point it out in the comments if there is, and I've just missed it. I feel like Thursday games have a higher propensity to get wonky than Sunday games. And maybe that's true or not. Monday night definitely was was wonky in the way that ended. Oh my goodness. I feel like we'll have a chance to talk about that specifically later on in the show. But you know, if, if it's going to get wonky and the scores are going to get off, like I just want to be able to win. And and, and, the, and again, it's the incentives align part it, on a short week. If the Ravens are up nine late, they are not going to care if they give up points. They're just going to try to get the win and get out of Dodge, uh, especially being a divisional game. So it, it is laying a little bit of a price because we always talk about, and it holds true for college basketball, true for the NFL, true for college football, true for MLB. Part of what we're tracking to make sure that the model is fully calibrated is when we get a collection of minus 190 picks, and we're not going to take 10 of these every night. I'm just saying, hypothetically, the next 10 of them that we play, whenever those happen to be across, are we winning them at roughly that needed percentage it should be profitable. And for a minus 190 pick, we're, we're needing about 65-ish percent. And so we're going to take maybe the next 20 of them, we'll say, and are, do we win 13 of them? This one might win or lose. That doesn't make it right or wrong or smart or not smart. What makes it good is on the overall is when the model's saying you should be taking minus 190, are you winning enough of those to be profitable? That's all we care about is profits, whether it's minus 190 or plus 190. And so that's kind of how we're looking at this. So uh, and like I said, specifically, I like the Thursday night aspect of if it gets weird, I just don't want to have to deal with points. Jake, it doesn't really pertain to this game as much. Uh, so the time stamping, it's going to look like we're talking about this game for forever, but you mentioned Lamar Jackson not being as impressive this year. He's fallen to the seventh best quarterback, but it's interesting. It seems like a lot of quarterbacks have struggled this year. Uh, Joe Burrow early on with the injury that had an excuse. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I, he, he's had good moments. He's also had like you said, some sort of a, Josh Allen still rates a sidelines best quarterback, but the gap is shrinking and two is right behind him at number two. At this point, I would say two has been great, but there's been games where two had disappeared, like including the London game where he had some, you know, rougher moments at the end of the game. And obviously Josh Allen with the turnovers has been such a big problem. It, it, you know, Mahomes hasn't looked that great this year. And part of that is not having quite as many weapons at wide receiver, but it just seems like the, the top quarterbacks, they've all had some rough moments this year, which is why you're hearing talk of C.J. Stroud for MVP as obviously a long shot because of how good he's been. Model has him up to the 10th best quarterback, and we'll talk about him next. But it, it, there's, it just seems like a little bit more uncertainty with the top quarterbacks this year than in years past. I don't know if you, if you found the same thing or not. Yeah, but I was I was crediting more defensive improvement. Like we've seen a lot of these top tier draft picks are like your pass rush because they're responding to like the NFL's responding to the great run of quarterbacks we've had. Um, so you're getting a lot of like guys like Sauce Gardner Gardner going up there. I, mean, I know he's a cornerback or uh, 
what's his face from Alabama. I mean, the Texans literally took Alabama's starting two linebackers last year and on their team mm-hmm. and they're playing like you've got guys like that coming into the league that are making a big difference. And they used it. They used a star cornerback at LSU to shut down a star wide receiver from LSU <laughs> on Sunday. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. It, it's, it's just wild. And I, I like, I think it's more the defenses are stepping up because uh, rather than, and then, like it seems with this whole running back issue, where the top guys aren't getting paid anymore or anything or any, as much anymore, uh, th- I think that's also letting the defenses concentrate more on the pass. Mm. So it's making the quarterbacks' jobs a little bit harder. But mm. that's my highly uneducated opinion. Yeah, it's just I, th- I thought it's been an interesting year. Uh, but we'll move forward to the aforementioned CJ Stroud and, and uh, you know. It feels like offensive player of the year, kind of like offensive rookie of the year, excuse me, offensive rookie of the year, kind of in the bag at this point. Uh, MVP, maybe I think the right set of things have to happen for it. But I mean, you know, it's it's obviously not off the table with how well they're playing. The models preached Houston and CJ Stroud, Stroud all season. We said it from the very start that they actually had some talent. If they could get healthy, stay healthy, they'd be a decent team. You're starting to see that model has them up to number 10. Arizona up to number 27 despite their off-season shenanigans where it looked like they absolutely didn't want to win, they have a couple of decent pieces and they've had better injury luck than some of the teams, like maybe the Giants who've fallen way down to the bottom. And the biggest difference, obviously, is Kyler Murray, who looked pretty good last week, has bumped that offense up to number 19. Defense still not very good, but the Arizona team isn't one to be slept on. The issue is I think they're getting a little bit too much credit and we still love Houston. We've loved Houston almost all season. They've been really good to us. We got them at plus odds last week, plus like 220 or something on the money line against Cincinnati. Now they're at home against a weaker team. Again, we don't love laying big numbers like this all the time, but at 80% almost, according to the model, minus 210 makes for a strong investment here. And again, the same thing I just said, lather, rinse, repeat from Thursday. If you want to lay the points, go for it. Arizona's played hard all all game long all season. So, I mean, the backdoor cover would be on the table. I don't want to have to worry about that. I think the Texans are the better team. And if nothing else, if it gets late, close late, we've seen Stroud be able to pull out wins at the end. And so we know he has that ability as well. So the Texans here at minus 210, a grade pick. Jake, what do you got for us? Uh, Yeah, I think Stroud and the defense are the biggest difference here. I mean, like the defense is good. They're athletic. They're fun. Uh, They'll keep Kyler contained. Um, Kyler's biggest issue is the weapons he has. There's not – I mean, Hollywood Brown isn't a number one receiver. Neither is Rondell Moore. Connor coming back really helps, but I don't think it's enough to because this Houston offense is clicking right now with Stroud and uh, Tank Dale back. And uh, was it Brown? Was that the guy's last no, name? Noah That's Brown, had yeah. two mo- Noah Brown had two monster games back-to-back, and they just seem to be pulling people out from – anywhere and it's like all right now you're gonna have great games and uh it makes it which really I, which i think is why stroud's getting the vp love because it's like oh nico collins everyone saw he might make a jump this year right and then take they're like oh, okay i guess he was good but i guess he's a rookie and then now like noah brown so it's like okay maybe this is more about cj stroud than anybody else yeah oh yeah it, it's not the defense like stroud is also he's done so well and he's playing and he deserves all the credit he's getting but not enough people are talking about how good the defense has played this year. Um, they, they've done an excellent job of giving giving their team chances to win. I mean, even in the loss with uh, Carolina, I mean, it was 15 to 12. They gave up 15 points. That's that's, that's not on your defense. That's on your offense. I think Houston is a great play here. This is one I might split my wager a bit, put some on the money line and put some on the spread because I, I really like this Houston team. 
Yeah, I do too. The uh, you mentioned the weapons. The Texans grade out below league average for the non-quarterback portion of the offense, but grade out at number eight in the league with the quarterback. That just tells you how strong CJ Stroud has been, how much he means to that offense. Of course, you get in a quarterback-driven league where that's the biggest difference maker, which is why teams trade all you know mortgage their future to gamble for a quarterback. It's why teams like the Panthers and the Falcons and some of these teams are, are you know the Colts are playing quarterbacks that probably aren't ready to play yet, but they're just so desperate for, you know, hitting the home run ball with uh, a rookie quarterback. And the Texans seem to have done it with CJ Stroud. So congrats to them for that, because that's exactly what all these teams are doing because he, he makes such a difference there. So uh, Houston minus 210, again, a little bit of a steep price, but again, we're grading this off of not does it win or lose. We're grading this off of are these types of picks winning at a high enough clip so far this season it's been profitable for us backing these sort of a great picks and the plus odds, a great picks, which we do have one of those this week, at least for now, maybe more coming later on dub club, uh, but not in this show. Instead, we'll shift to a total pick here on the giants and the commanders. Um, commanders will play with some pace. They won't play with much defense. The giants won't play with any defense either. The fact that they're number 27 it just, I guess, goes to show how bad the model thinks the other defenses in the league are because, Jake, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys just scored again. Um, so uh, it, it, maybe some of those points will carry into this game. Model says 43 on average. So we're going to go over 37 and a half. 37 and 38 are both key numbers. Given the way that the Giants like to give up points in groups of seven, though 38 probably is a little bit more key. But the model thinks that 41 is your key number that you should be more excited about, maybe even 44, that we should be able to get into the low 40s here. We took the Giants over last week, and we got to the window, thankfully, because they give up a bunch of points, and we kind of think the same thing here, right? Yeah, Washington has got a pretty good offense, and I mean, Sam Howell, I've been a big fan of his all year, been preaching that. He looks good, especially uh, when he's moving around and stuff. When they can keep him on his feet, it's a big bonus. When Brian Robinson's having a good running game, that really helps out too. The defense is the defense of this game just like, but that's what you want for an over. You want terrible defenses because that'll let New York's offense, even though it's bad, real bad. But I mean, it's more of a chance Saquon breaks one on this one, or we find a random open receiver on a blown coverage and get a couple touchdown, a touchdown or field goal, something like that. Because uh, we don't really need much to get over thirty-eight, like. I mean, there's a decent chance that Washington does it by themselves as bad as this uh, New York defense is and the short fields they get from their bad offense. Yeah, that's where the biggest, you know, we talk about this all the time, right? You should be able to identify just how your bet could lose. And if you're not, you're not thinking hard enough. Uh, the, the way this one loses is the the commander's defense is bad enough to allow the Giants to get a few first downs and then make them punt from midfield. That's what we have to avoid. If, if we just need the Giants offense to be competent enough against a very bad defense to when they start moving the ball to score, to break one, or when it can be so bad that it's just three and out, three and out, three and out, and do what happened with the Cowboys last week with the commanders are just getting great fields. They can move the ball. Uh, against the bad Giants defense and, you know, at least get 35 by themselves and then we can trust that the Giants can eventually get a garbage chunk field goal or something like that. Uh, so we just need the Giants offense to not be in that tweener zone where they get two first downs and then punt it and then Washington starting at the 10 every drive. We just got to avoid that. Hopefully, and, and this is where I like this pick too, is the model projects things uh, on, on average based off the strength of the teams and the pace of the teams and looking at the weather as well. But 
you know, just looking at it from a, we can't model every single thing, not every single variables in the model. You have to hope and think that the Giants, you know, decision-making is going to be pretty aggressive. And so you would hope that if it's fourth and three at midfield, they're not punting that ball because they know that this is like one of their few and best opportunities to score that they're going to go for. And that helps us out too, because then someone's got the ball at midfield and we don't really care who at that point. We just need to avoid midfield punts. And again, you'd have to assume they're going to be aggressive there unless it's fourth and 15 or something. So hopefully again, if it's fourth and 15, it's from the 20 and not from midfield, uh, which takes us to Tennessee and Jacksonville. Jacksonville struggled last week, to say the least. Tennessee's struggled all season, to be honest. Jacksonville, uh, probably a little bit of just a blip in the radar. I, I, I don't know. My thought on this kind of is, you know, you're never as bad as, as you looked at your worst. And Jacksonville looked pretty bad in that game. But the Niners might be, you know, one of the best teams in football. They struggled here a few weeks with some injuries, but them getting healthy or at this point matters a lot. And we have to remember that the Jaguars were driving to, to keep that a game, make that a game before a key turnover cost them. There's a big difference between the Titans and the 49ers. That's really all there is to it. This is a heck of a steep price here. Maybe the steepest price we've laid all season at minus 290, but it's a B-grade pick. You can absolutely lay points. Again, I tell people on this, I've set in the code that we are, if it gets to seven or more, that's when we're switching to spread. Should that be six? Should it be six and a half? I don't really know. I'm I'm just programming something in. So this is the official pick. However you want to play it, the model thinks that Jacksonville is the stronger play in this one. They're still a pretty solid team and the Titans offensively not great to say the least. Jake, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah. uh, To my knowledge, the 49ers, when they have all their weapons play a full game, they're undefeated and nobody's been close to them. Uh, The defense really stepped up. This with a week to prepare that bye week, that was just a buzzsaw that Jacksonville ran into. And I also think Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence just had their worst game of the year, and they just combined for a really bad opportunity. But I think Jacksonville's going to snap back here. I don't think Trevor Lawrence looks that bad to two weeks in a row, or Tennessee has the, doesn't have the ability to make him look that bad. Um, NTM should have a good game. Tennessee's offense, they've already pivoted to next year, so they're just looking to see what they've got uh, with Levis and Spears. Uh, like Henry's not being used as much. Um, so I, I'm not worried about Tennessee scoring here. I, I think Jacksonville's defense is good enough to hold them down, and their offense is good enough to put up quite a few points. This is one that I'm, I'm personally playing the spread, but for the show pick, we're doing the money line because those them's the rules. Uh, but personally, I'm playing the, with the points. It makes a lot of sense. And for those wondering, this is all the information you get. I try to give people everything possible over on Dub Club because I know people like to play different ways. So what I've tried to create and what I provide for people there is, you know, all the information you need divided all the different ways possible for the better who just wants to kind of tail what I'm doing personally to one who wants to make their own decisions to everything in between to someone who wants to play a lot to play not a lot and get in everything in between. Sideline thinks that Jacksonville wins this game by an average of 9.3 points. And so that would make laying six and a half a pretty smart decision and probably about a B grade as well. Minus six would be more fun 
it, it just knowing how key six has kind of become or quasi key it's become uh, obviously it's not as key as three uh, or, or seven but it's become much more important with the extra point being moved back uh, and the change in the overtime rules so six becoming more important rather like six six and a half but again this was kind of a b minus pick on the money line or it's a b minus pick on the spread either one uh, I, I don't think either one's a, a bad idea. I actually might go the other direction on this one and say this could be a blowout. You could have a pissed off Jacksonville team. And the, like you said, a Tennessee team that's definitely looking towards the future. This could get a little bit ugly and you might be looking at alternate spreads and take a minus nine and a half, minus 13 and a half, something like minus 16 and a half and just say, there's going to be a random blowout most likely on Sunday. Take a chance that it's this one for some big plus odds and see if you can hit that because this is one that, you know, Tennessee's defense could keep them in this game, but if it doesn't, if the offense constantly puts the defense in bad situations, this is a possibility of a game where it just snowballs downhill and gets really ugly. And you mentioned the Niners, of course, sideline has them up to number one right now. Uh, now that they're again, fully healthy. Part of the ranking is how healthy are you right now? Niners having that bye week getting healthy. And of course what they did last week, it's hard to argue with that <laughs> at this point, because you could at least excuse their poor performance um, that they had previously with those injuries. So Jaguars, again, will we'll enjoy playing not the 49ers this week and said playing the Texans. For sure. And we've also never been like a show that sells you to blind back every play. We've been more or less giving you the information to make the plays and letting you follow us if you want. That's why the picture on the screen, but trying to give you the right information, especially with your model, really help them dive through it. That's why, like, when I was looking at the model and the projections that we get with Dope Club, that's why I went with the spread over the money line. Yep, absolutely. Because you get that, you get the total projection, you get the threshold needed for A grade, B grade money lines, all sorts of goodies uh, there that y'all get access to. Uh, to the afternoon slot, Seattle and Los Angeles. Jake, the Seahawks, we had them under Cousin Jared. Uh, helped to give that out over on TikTok and Instagram. And so we got the early total that he gave out for us and had the under with them and Washington and that seemed okay for a while. And then the wheels just came off at the end, the last uh, half, almost kind of like the Ravens game, right? The wheels just came off for that one. We're going to go back to it here and play the under despite the Rams having a bad defense and getting Stafford back. And now maybe a little bit healthier with some of their skill guys. The hope here is that the Rams uh, pace is a whole lot slower than Washington's. Washington's is fourth. Los Angeles is 22nd. And I, I guess the hope is that when Seattle plays the Rams, it turns into a little bit of a lower scoring game than what happened when they played the Commanders last week. Is that our logic here kind of behind the under 46? That, and I think Seattle is a more or less an under team with how they want to approach the offense, especially with the, like Gino not having the greatest of years. Uh, I think they they really want to lean on Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet, uh, that from an offensive standpoint. And the Rams, even even at full strength, have never been a high high flying team, high scoring team. They, Stafford wasn't having the greatest of years. Like he was he was doing well with Puka Nakua there, but. There wasn't a lot of touchdowns going along with that. There was just a lot of yards, a lot of receptions, uh, which is great fantasy-wise if you're in a PPR league. But if not, uh, uh, the running back situation they have isn't great. Mm. Their defense is uh, – I mean, Aaron Donald still exists, so they're always going to be better than not. But 
I don't know. The rest of the defense is kind of kind of whack, and then Seattle's defense hasn't been great. So I I think this is all an under game because I don't think there's going to be a, the ability to score a lot of points mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I, you talk about Aaron Donald, of course. If I took him off of the Rams roster, I, I feel like the Rams defense might just vault to dead last because he's the one keeping them, you know, from being embarrassed every week, and they still are embarrassed on occasion. The the one of the reasons I saw the Rams was against the Cowboys, and they really struggled, and they gave up a ton of points there. Part of that was the Cowboys seem to be scoring off of everybody at this point. And part of that was when you don't have Stafford, it's that same short field situation. It's kind of why we, we got the Giants over last week. What we're hoping for here is if your offense is that bad, there's a possibility you just are constantly having your defense on the field, which means it's going to give up points. With Stafford, that should at least be solved because he's good enough now to prevent that. The biggest thing you want with unders is, you like we talked about with the Giants, how we could lose, you want a team to move the ball a little bit. You want them to get a couple of first downs and punt or four first downs and kick a field goal. So you just don't want them to be able to be uber successful. And when you look at the ratings on screen, that's kind of how it sets up for the Rams. They have to know that they're going to be out talented and they don't want to play into a fast game. If Seattle really is hoping to play more of that running game, that's going to create it take longer to score touchdowns. uh, And the Rams should be able to move the ball a little bit, but it's not like they're going to be able to just fly down the field and score. And so hopefully that sort of game sets up for an under models projecting uh, 42.7. And so we're getting a win at the key number of 44, 45 can be key at times too, depending on how the game plays out. Uh, So the fact that we get a win on that adds a little bit of value to this one, which takes us to Sunday night, Minnesota at Denver. I feel like these two teams are becoming like America's team a little bit, both of them for different reasons, obviously the Vikings and you have to love watching Dobbs and what he's done after getting traded from Arizona over there. That's been a great story. Everyone writing him off after all the bad luck they had at the start of the season. Denver, you know, might have a couple characters over there that people don't like to root for, but the the turnaround they've had and, and being competent now and the defense playing better. Here's the thing. In, in my best Lee Corso voice, the model would say not so fast, my friend, with regards to Denver's defense. The model is thinking Buffalo moved the ball pretty well, but had turnover issues. And that was more on Buffalo than Denver. It would look at the Kansas City game and say that was more on Mahomes having the flu and not being very good. Look at the kids City game before that and say that was played in nasty conditions. So the model still is not high on Denver's defense. It actually ranks them dead last. Again, all models are wrong. So this is a controversial take here. I actually don't think Denver's defense is the worst in the league. I think what the model is trying to tell us is it's a little bit of fool's gold. We'll see if that's true or not, if they can hold down uh, Minnesota or not. But what the model likes about Denver isn't the defense, but it's the offense. And and it may be a little too high on their offense, a little too low on the defense. It may balance out, but the models got them at the 11th best offense. And it would look at what they did against Buffalo and say, that's a pretty good Buffalo defense in spite of the injuries, because the model knows about those injuries and still thinks it's got a lot of talent on that defense. And so they put up some points there. That was good. And it would talk about the fact that while they didn't score a ton of points against Kansas city, they're one of those games. Again, there were explanations to that model actually is a little bit higher on this offense. And that's, what's driving the model to say that Denver wins 62% of the time, making Denver minus minus one thirty a B grade pick for Sunday night football. Jake of all the B grades, this is a pretty enticing one. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I really liked it because I think this Denver team is – they made an adjustment, I think, right after that Jets game. I know they lost the next one to uh, Kansas City, but they stopped leaning on, on Russell Wilson to be the main part of that offense and started trying to run the ball a lot more. I mean, the Kansas City game, 19-8, to 8, is just weird. Um, but That's the weird weather started. One. Yeah, that was just bad weather, so it's hard to look at that. But then uh, the Green Bay game, we've got Williams gets up to 80-plus 80, 80 yards. He gets 80-plus the next week. Y'all, the bye week, gets 79. And last night's game, or, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think they're starting to run the ball more and not, not make it Russell Wilson scramble around like he did at the beginning of his career and then launch a deep shot or something. Uh, that was an incredible catch, and nobody or – Nobody, I don't know if people are talking about that Corlin Sutton catch mm-hmm. at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. That, that's just, yeah, that's top tier. Yeah, that's just, whoo, didn't expect that out of him. Uh, but, I mean, so they've he's clearly got weapons to throw to. They make the right play. Then we can make key plays. It's just, it's not all of Russell Wilson's arm anymore. And the defense is still the worst, but it's not the worst by as much mm-hmm. uh, as it was earlier in the year. Yeah, it's a whole uh, lot so like so. Yeah, so we're I think that improved and then at some point, right, the, the wheel's gonna come off this Josh Dobbs thing. Like it, it can't you he think? can't just he can't I mean, I loved him at Tennessee and he was making these kinds of plays at Tennessee and it was incredible because that team was not near as talented as what he made him out to be, but that's at college, not at the NFL level. He's not supposed to be able to do this to NFL teams. Uh, I think there's enough film out of him now that they're going to start picking up some tendencies and things, uh, especially even in this office, Minnesota offense. So I think we'll see him start to slow down just a little bit, and that'll be just enough in Denver because that's one of the better home field advantages, I have to assume, with the mile-high city stuff and all that. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the pace of this game and the number of points is fascinating to me. I, I really think you could convince me that this game is going to be 14 to 13 or 35, 34. And I'd be like, sure. Like there's a lot of ways I think this game could go uh, given what these teams are wanting to do with regards to their styles, given what their strengths are. Uh, I just, I think, I think anything's on the table for this. So I, should, I think it's gonna be a wildly entertaining matchup, even if it's not the highest caliber of teams. Uh, but again, yeah, big, big home field edge there. And that's really what's driving this towards Denver. Uh, otherwise, as you can see on screen there, the model thinks these two teams are pretty similar. Neither one is great. Both are meh uh, type teams. Uh, hats off to what Denver's defense done. It's been quite a turnaround. Not sure we can ignore what happened earlier in the season. Maybe we should. From a model standpoint, it's hard to justify that because if we start just saying arbitrarily how we're going to ignore data that we have, our predictions are going to start getting a little bit wonkier. So if you were to ignore the first four games, absolutely, this Denver defense would be much more middle of the pack. Uh, but uh, it's hard to just ignore that. And so that's what's kind of holding yeah. them down. But again, the model's impressed with what offensively they're done. And you make a great point with Russell Wilson. Now, there was a lot of talk at the start of the season about how uh, you know, they were going to try to get Russell Wilson back to what he was in his heyday. And and that didn't work whatsoever. And now that they've kind of gone back to making him more of the game manager, letting, you know, taking the pressure off of him and then letting the defenses more react to the running game and then, and then finding a good spot for him to pass the offense has started to play a lot better as well. So uh, both these teams are, are exciting and fun to watch. And, and, you know, your, your curiosity has got to be peaked if you're fans of both these teams, like, Hey, like, can we make a run and accidentally make the playoffs? I don't know, right? It's 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 not as far fetched as it seemed for either one of these teams two weeks ago. Uh, so no, so it's, this it's, game, in the winter, this game's gonna have a better shot at it, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's wild. Like, because is Justin Jefferson the problem in Minnesota? If you want to cherry pick stats, they're five and zero without him. So, wow. was he the issue? I, I don't know. I mean, but uh, that's, that's the thing where you can cherry pick stats. Where, like, if you drop the first yeah. quarter of the season, of yeah. course, Denver's defense is good because that takes yeah. the seventy point game out. Uh, right. But I do advocate a little bit for that because I mean. I think I, I think honestly after that first quarter they made such a change in coaching philosophy that Sean Payton yeah. is I think we are very different than the first team but you can't totally yeah. ignore that because the same players were on the field. Yeah, and and I, I I am with you like from a logic standpoint I wouldn't if you said I'm going to ignore that I don't think that's crazy at all it's just from a systematic what the model's doing standpoint it's hard to justify that approach. Uh, mathematically speaking, and kind of no matter what I do, even if I try to cap how much those games count, I still can't really get away from the fact that uh, this Denver defense is going to be rated really bad. Uh, But again, thankfully for them, at least the model does like their offense. So uh, it should be a great game. I'm really excited to see this one and and how it plays out. Minus 130 offers us some value on Denver as short favorites wouldn't lay too big of a price, uh, but minus 130 worth a play, which takes us to Monday night that's like the undercard. I feel like I'm interested in Minnesota in Denver. I should, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun, but um, man, when you talk about um, Eagles and chiefs, the, the, you know, uh, uh, it's like, we've seen this in the super bowl. <laughs> so it could be, uh, it should be a fantastic game. Here's the interesting thing. You look at that chiefs defense is now number nine, according to sideline. They've been overperforming all season. They've been on the rise all season. It wasn't really until that Dolphins game and what they did there that the model really kind of like resynthesized how it looked at things along with a couple of other just slight tweaks to the model, updating it uh, that's gone around with the model. Now thinks this is a top 10 defense. I heard the story, Jake, that last year after they won the Super Bowl, there were a couple of players, a couple of rookies who were on the defensive side of the ball who were overheard saying, Something to the effect of, uh, imagine how good we're going to be once we understand this defense. And that just to show you, that's it's someone who knows the X's and knows the game better than I did. Kind of point out, they're like, that makes sense. Like, this guy's got some complicated schemes, got all your players. Like, and you kind of expected this progression. And lo and behold, it, 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 it started, it was kind of early on, like maybe they're playing, and now it's just better and better and better. And here we are where this Chiefs defense is legit and the offense has taken a huge step back. Now, a huge step back. You still have Patrick Mahomes, so it's still number six. You still have uh, Travis Kelsey. You still have, uh, you know, Mr. Maato himself, Mr. Taylor Swift, right? The guy's got like a million nicknames. Mr. Uh, Brad Jones or whatever in the, the credit card commercial, right? Um, and so you've still got enough weapons or offensively that they can go off. The Eagles, the biggest issue the Eagles have right now is staying healthy, and that's really the reason the model is dinging them down to number nine. That's kind of what's driving this number according to silent a little bit more towards Kansas city, but still thinks minus minus one fifty five is worth the play. Jake, we have done so well all season playing dogs and I love playing dogs, but we want to tell people sometimes there's value on favorites. Sometimes there's value on dogs and you just got to go to where the value happens to be that week. And that day it's harder to follow it. I feel like with football yeah, because I mean- it's once a week, but in baseball, we see this where baseball one day, it'll be like nothing but dogs. And the next will be like nothing but favorites. And it's like, we're going to play both wherever the value is. It's a little bit harder football, but this week we're on a lot of favorites. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, the books are constantly adjusting how they view teams and stuff too. So like the value is going to move, shift back and forth. And every once in a while, it's okay to be square. Like the sharp betters are sometimes on the square picks and stuff. So yeah. it's, it's okay to do that. Uh, well, the sharp, so hook, and here, here's the key. I have to make sure this is a very, people don't miss this point. The sharp betters are sometimes on the square side at the right numbers. That's the biggest thing. Every professional better will take some favorites and lay some big numbers and take some big plus numbers and everything. It's all about the price and the number. And so the sharp better is going to take Kansas City minus 155. Maybe could have found a better number earlier in the week and maybe would have grabbed a minus 150 or a minus 145. That's what the sharp better is doing is looking, get, making sure they get a great price. The square better, if this gets steamed out, the square better is going to take Kansas City minus 200, which according to the model would be about an even expected value. Play minus 200 would be the square play minus 155, that's the smarter play. So I think that's the key to, to square. It's not about a square side. It's about the square number, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the point I was, I was trying to make and use Sorry. the wrong vocabulary. No, you're good. Uh, th- but either way, I can't wait to watch this game, and I'm definitely going to have it on mute because I'm not a Taylor guy. That's But, I, I mean, even if you are, you – at some point, if you're watching the football game, you're like, all right, this is enough. Like, it, it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be that kind of bad, especially with uh, the other Kelsey winning. Did he win? Or he was a finalist for Sexiest Man Alive. Like, people <laughs> – so, I mean, it's just – those guys are just doing great things, and I'm not at all jealous. But <laughs> <laughs> from a football standpoint, the Same. defense is unreal, <laughs> unreal from Kansas City. It's been – they're really picking up the slack, and – for while Patrick Mahomes learns his new receivers and they learn him and that's going to be improved coming off the bye week is going to be a big bonus for him. Uh, Extra practice, get all the way back healthy, get Travis Kelsey going. I mean, I think the game before this, uh, who was it? The Kansas City played the Broncos were like triple teaming Kelsey. It was like somebody else beat us or the Dolphins were. Uh, Dolphins. Uh, Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I mean, it works, but then all of a sudden you have Rasheed Rice and Pachinko and all, all the other guys, So this yeah. and Mahomes will spread the ball around. I, I like Kansas City to win this at home. I'm a little down on Philadelphia's offense. Um, they're not running the ball as great as they were early in the season, and Devontae Smith seems to disappear at times, and mm-hmm. he's, he's already been – caught saying he, how he hates cold weather games and stuff. So Kansas City's not going to be warm from at least my understanding. Uh, and the defense has been not as great. I think they're in a little bit of the Eagles are in a little bit of a slump here uh, as a, as a team, but I mean, they've been incredible, incredible. And I mean, the scores don't look like it, but uh, the Dallas game, they were outplayed. Philadelphia yeah, was, they, they got, they got lucky. Um, Again, I mean, you yeah, lucky. It, it, they showed it in the Cowboys game. All of the they had like a montage of all the ways the Cowboys fell just short of anything yeah. of these things happening, and they win the game. And it was just a, a montage of yeah. how how did they the Cowboys get that bad of luck? And you might say that's just the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are on the field here, so the, the Eagles might not get that same luck against the team in the Chiefs that tends to a guy like Mahomes tends to make some pretty good luck, you know. Yeah, and then you, I mean, you had a lucky win against those Commanders. You beat the Dolphins, give you credit where credit's due, but the game before that, you lost to the Jets. You gave up 20 there. I, I just, I, th- I think they're, 
just in a little bit of a slump and the, the winds have been disguising it a little bit. And I think Kansas City is going to be able to take advantage of that with the way their defense is playing and having a guy like Patrick Mahomes. The Eagles have their best linebacker and one of their top cornerbacks uh, out for this game. Uh, that's digging their defense along with, like you said, the defense just hasn't played quite as strong as we thought it really would all season. Uh, and, and nothing is more evident of that than the jets game where you've got a, yeah. a jets team that just can't score touchdowns and somehow put up 20 points on the Eagles seems impossible. Uh, given what we've se- what we've seen consistently from, uh, the jets and of course losing Goddard, is it going to make things easier yeah. on the Eagles? Because if Devonta Smith uh, does kind of disappear and then Goddard isn't there, you're down to just AJ Brown, who's a fantastic receiver. But, you know, we've seen sometimes, and we saw seen it sometimes with Kelsey, right? When you just have the one guy, you need someone else to step up. Obviously, uh, the Eagles have the talent to do that, but losing one of their other weapons at Goddard takes them, you know, makes their offense a little bit less dynamic because not that, not to take anything away from Hurts, he's a good quarterback, right? But, the, the way the Eagles offense has a case to be better than the Chiefs offense is not at the quarterback position. It's at everywhere else because the Chiefs just have two stars on offense and they don't have a lot of supporting help. Uh, but now that you've taken one of the supporting helps away from the Eagles, that, that, that hurts them uh, just mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, and, and I think you make a great point there too with just the, the Cowboys game and that one that people might look at that. So oh, the Eagles won that game. It's like they did and that's going to help them for the division. You can't take that one away from them. But from a predictive standpoint, <laughs> you can't really I mean, use that to say that you think they're going to be able to go on the road and beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, and that's a compliment to the Eagles, right? Because you have to play a perfect game to beat them because they are that kind of good. I mean, they were just in the Super Bowl like it brought everybody back. But it's just Kansas City we know has the quarterback to do it, has, has the star power to do this, and has a defense going. So I don't think they've got to be quite as perfect. The margin is not as small to come up and, and beat Philadelphia, especially at home. I mean, they, they did it last year in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's it's – I don't think it's too far-fetched to say Kansas City wins this one. I, and I think you make your point at home, right? That, that the Eagles, you know, needed those breaks and got it done at home against the Cowboys. A little bit of a different story. In another place that has a fantastic home field advantage. You talked about the temperature. Projected temperature for this game is around 45 degrees. Right now we're looking at about 35% rain coverage and 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. So not going to be a nice night uh, if you don't like that kind of weather, if you're a Southern boy like like I am, it's not going to be a fun night to sit yeah. on the cold. Now, some people will hear that and say, that's football weather. I'm not that kind of guy, personally. I don't like that no. weather. But no. uh, so so it, it could, could affect things a little bit there. But, of course, both these teams are used to playing in it. That doesn't mean they like it necessarily. No. Uh, of course, we are really far out to know a lot about the wind and the rain. So right now we're not taking too much stock into that for, with regards to the total. But as we get closer again, I send out updates. Uh, to dub club so that people can uh, get a good feel for what that weather uh, is looking like and how that might affect things. Uh, Jake, that is the recap there on screen, two A grades, three B grades, two totals. Do you have any parting words for us? No, I mean, this has been an incredible first year of betting the NFL and doing this. I've had so much fun doing it. Uh, The totals thing is wild. I was looking back through that earlier and it was like, man, these are hitting unreal um that that alone is worth the dub club membership there for a month the last couple months of the nfl season they get on that totals train because then that allows you to play uh the college basketball college football and like with the extra money and you don't have to keep depositing into whatever account you're you choose to have i mean it's kind of fun when uh 
a math nerd could just sit down with some data and, and build a successful model because that's kind of what happened. So uh, it's always fun. Again, like I was talking about, you know, you, you got to find someone you trust to work on your car. You got to find someone you trust to help you with the math on this stuff. And we always, because Jared talks about a lot that gambling is, is a math problem. And that's what we're yes. here to help you do. If you're not already with us on Dub Club, if you are, a sincere thanks for all of your support. Even if you're not, we thank you for your support watching the show. Hope you have a good week and successful NFL betting. And make sure to check out all the other shows, including college football and all of the college basketball six days a week. We will see you all later. Mm-hmm.